0: In our first episode discussing the murder of Kaylee Anthony we explored the lies told by her mother Casey and the strange story she created about Kaylee's abduction by an imaginary nanny. Tonight we will examine the evidence found, the bizarre behavior of Casey after her daughter's death, and the ensuing trial. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion, I'm your host Dan here with my co-host Ben. And tonight, we will be continuing our discussion on the murder of Kaylee Anthony. Now, when we ended our last episode, we had mentioned that Kaylee's body was about to be found in the storyline. And we're about to start back with, with that. But I wanted to go back just a bit and talk about the behavior of Casey Anthony around the time of her daughter's death and leading up to the body being found, just because, I mean, in case you need a little refresher on just how terrible of a person she is,
1: right? I mean, I I think we all saw the pictures and videos that the media played
0: endlessly. Yeah, I just, I feel like we need to set the tone, though, because...
1: No, no, uh, understandable. Yeah.
0: But, again, it was the 16th of June was the last time that Kaylee was seen alive. And George Anthony, Casey's father, said that he saw Casey leave with Kaylee that day around 12.50 p.m. She was supposed to be going to work and leaving Kaylee with the nanny. Then at 2.30, George left for work himself. Now at 2.49, however, Casey's phone is still pinging on the tower closest to the Anthony house. And at 2.51 p.m., there is some activity on the home computer Uh, there's some myspace activity and there is a search that is made for foolproof suffocation that's troubling it's it's extremely troubling now at 304 p.m. Casey gets a call from her dad it's just a very short call and her phone is still pinging there at the home as a matter of fact her phone shows that she stays there until about 4-11. And at that time, she goes over to her boyfriend's house, Tony Lazaro. Now, Tony's a pretty new boyfriend. Um, he's a student, and he's also uh, a party promoter for a club. And I should just mention here that Tony's roommates have talked about Casey bringing Kaylee over all the time. And they thought it was really strange how suddenly Kaylee just stopped coming over with. her.
1: Did they mention it to
0: her? They did mention it to her. And what Casey would always say, you know, she's with the nanny or she's with a friend of mine. She always said somewhere that Kaylee was.
1: Basically the same bullshit she was telling the parents.
0: Same, same lies. Uh, as a matter of fact, Casey started staying there at Tony's all the time. Um, she wouldn't even leave unless someone else left. She'd go with them. And she explained that away by one, she didn't want to be back home with her parents because they were fighting a lot and probably about to get divorced. And she also didn't want Kaylee back home with her parents. So she was staying overnight with the nanny all the time. And she also, she wasn't going to work either. And when they questioned that, she'd say, Oh, my boss is letting me do some uh remote work from home and she'd actually borrow their computers to do her imaginary work.
1: Best job ever.
0: Yeah, I mean you even get to borrow someone else's computer to to go on MySpace and Facebook, right? Now, I don't want to get too far into that. I just want to talk about the you know what Casey was doing there and how the roommates even thought it was strange. And, and the roommate said that, you know, Casey was pretty much always in a good mood, too. Nothing ever changed with her mood. But back to back to the, the 16th of June, she you goes mean over. She to
1: wasn't displaying the kind of behavior you might expect from a mother who had just lost their child.
0: Is that was Absolutely parents? not. As a matter of fact, back on the 16th of June, as I said, she went over to Tony's house about four at about eight PM. There's video footage of Casey and Tony at Blockbuster. They're strolling through Blockbuster, renting movies, and they're just having a a date night, right? And this is, you know, very, very likely the day that Kaylee died.
1: I mean, you can't miss date night, right? That's really important for a budding
0: relationship. No, and to be completely honest with you, I think that perhaps Kaylee died so those date nights could continue. But... We'll get to that in a little bit. Now, on the 19th, Casey and Tony actually go to view a new apartment together. And the realtor said that Casey was upbeat. She was happy. uh, She was excited about this new apartment they were looking at. And also on the 19th of June is that infamous hot body contest that Kaylee attended.
1: That's the one where she's dancing with the Bond chick in the pictures.
0: It is. She's, she's wearing that blue dress, and she's just grinding on this other girl.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Now, if you remember, her car was towed. That happened on the 30th of June. Okay? And just a couple days after that, on July 2nd, is when she gets a, a tattoo on her shoulder that says, Bella Vita, which means good life in Italian. I mean, right,
1: because there was nothing in her life at the time that could have been considered bad or distressing in any way. No. Man, her, she just her, she just lost a kid. I mean, it,
0: her daughter wasn't, you know, just, that's not a big deal. Your, your daughter died or perhaps she was abducted by a nanny. You know, you should be out partying and getting tattoos that say good life, right? Seems normal to me. How in the world did she think she was ever going to explain that tattoo? I don't really think she was putting a lot of thought into it, buddy. I mean, obviously, at some point, it's going to come out that Kaylee's missing. It seems to me that that
1: she that part of her might have thought that really that she could just get away with it indefinitely. Okay. I don't know
0: why she would have thought that, because it's absurd, but... Maybe she thought she was a better liar than she really was. Well,
1: clearly she did. Otherwise, she would have stopped a long damn time ago. I mean, some of her lies were just painfully stupid.
0: Still to this day, I can't believe she actually took those investigators to Universal Studios with her. And, and walked them down there. the halls. Walked them down the halls. We should we should go ahead and move on, though. Um, the body was actually found in December. However, a man named Roy Cronk, who is a meter reader actually came across some remains or what he thought was some remains in the woods back in August and he called the police actually a couple times about that um the first time he called them the police went to the area he had mentioned and they looked around and couldn't find anything uh the second time he actually went to meet police at the area and they went out together and couldn't locate anything. Now, I'm not sure if if maybe he wasn't exactly sure where he had seen it, perhaps, you know, when he was out in the woods. Right. Um, if I remember the story correctly, he was just sort of meeting uh, some of his coworkers after work in that area one day. And they were sort of standing around talking and he had to go off into the woods to use the bathroom and, you know, he just saw something and maybe he couldn't find the exact spot again i'm really not sure how that happened i mean it makes sense right
1: unless you know exactly where you're going i mean right one section of woods looks much like any other section
0: Mm -hmm. but he reported this again on december 11th because he had run across them again and i guess at this point he was sure he, he made sure he knew where it was exactly and he was able to take police out to it and uh, police found bones uh, Now, initially they found a skull and some other bones and there was a laundry bag and a garbage bag there and there were several other bones sort of scattered around the area because you know animals had gotten to them and, and strewn them around um, now there was actually no soft tissue left uh, this was just bones and, and it
1: had decomposed that completely
0: yeah, well, I mean, you know, this this happened in June, and we're talking, this is December, right? Okay, yeah. In, and in Florida, in the heat. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a piece of duct tape, however, um, on the skull, and it was across the mouth area. Now, prosecutors see all this. They, you know, they're pretty sure that this is Kaylee Anthony, especially because where this is found is only about a quarter mile from the Anthony home. And on December 19th, the medical examiner is able to determine this is, in fact, the, the body of Kaylee Anthony. So, you know, prosecutors think, you know, we've got Casey Anthony dead to rights at this point, right? It seems reasonable, especially now that you have the body. Right. Um, but because, you know, there was no soft tissue left at all, and Couldn't you just had bones, DNA. There's no DNA. There was no DNA at all on that duct tape. You know, there's no fingerprints on it of anyone. No DNA. None of even Kaylee's DNA is on the duct tape because it's been out there in that heat it's completely destroyed and they're not able to determine a cause of death. I mean, you just have bones, right? So that's a problem, but prosecutors are so sure of themselves. I mean, for one, the world has already judged Casey Anthony to be guilty. There's been a huge media storm about it. You've got Nancy Grace going off on a, a nightly basis about Casey Anthony, right?
1: And that's part of the problem, allowing public perception to make your charging decision.
0: Mm-hmm. And they make the decision they're going to pursue the death penalty. I don't know how you make that choice when you can't determine a cause of death. Right. Now, I'm not saying Casey Anthony did not deserve the death penalty. I, I i don't... Honestly, like, I don't agree with the death penalty just because I think our, our judicial system is too flawed. Yeah, I just said uh, the
1: standard of proof needed, I think we can rarely get out of our justice system. Or really but,
0: any justice system, for that matter. But I'm not saying that she didn't deserve it. Right. <laughs> I, I think of, you know, if anyone did, it's probably her. But... You know, moving along, they, they wanted to go for the death penalty, and it was a huge mistake, but you have to be you know, able to prove a crime took place before you can punish someone for it. Yeah. but they, they move forward with the trial. Um, now, they you know, people involved in the trial, you know, the prosecution and the defense, they're both saying, well, we may need to, mostly the defense. We may need to move the trial because here around Orlando, you know, people have made up their mind that Casey's guilty already.
1: And where could you go in the country, though, to have found jurors who wouldn't have thought that exact thing by this point?
0: Well, they actually go to the Tampa area, which is like, oh, I want to say it's an hour and 45 minutes away, an hour. I think when I looked it up on Google, it's an hour and 48 minutes, but you would have had to have gone to Europe pretty much to find someone that hadn't made their mind up about Casey Anthony or, you know, found someone that didn't have television or get newspapers, right? But at any rate, they they get jurors from uh, the Saint Petersburg, uh, Tampa area, and the trial began on May twenty fourth. Now, at this point, the prosecution they think that they have this wrapped up. You know all this crazy behavior of Casey and Anthony, all the lies, the way she lied about the nanny abducting her. Then they have a body. They think they have her dead to rights, even though they haven't been able to determine a cause of death.
1: But, you know, I think that tells you a lot about how prosecutors think. They rely all too frequently on being able to manipulate jurors, making them angry and want to punish someone, right? Because looking at it reasonably, just evaluating the evidence, I don't know how they could have been anything near certain.
0: No, and I completely agree with you.
1: Honestly, I think they were relying on jurors... Not being impartial.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I would agree. And I think it would have been hard to find someone that wasn't impartial anyway, and they knew that. Right, of course. Now, they also thought that Casey's attorney, Jose Baez, had probably bitten off a little more than he could chew here because he wasn't a very experienced trial attorney at the time. And this was a, a huge trial. This was probably the biggest trial since O.J. Simpson, right? Yeah, yeah. And they thought, you know, he's in over his head. So they they think they've got this. And uh, the prosecutor, Linda Burdick, in her opening statement, she sort of lays out their case. Uh, she tries to paint Casey as a mom that is tired of having to deal with the responsibilities of motherhood. And she's also tired of Kaylee tying her to her parents, who she's had some trouble with, right? So was that presented as the motive then? Yes, that's presented as the motive. And I, I think that's probably a pretty fair motive, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then she lays out just what the prosecution believes happened, which is that Casey and Kaylee left that day on the 16th. And then after George Anthony left for work, they came back home. At which point Casey used chloroform to sedate Kaylee. And then after she was knocked out, they, uh, she placed a piece of duct tape over her mouth and nose to suffocate her. And then once Kaylee was dead, she bundled her body up. She put it inside of a trash bag and then a laundry bag and put it in the trunk of her car. And then the body probably stayed there for, you know, an unknown number of days. There's no way to determine that. Before she actually disposed of it close to Anthony's home. Now, and, and to be clear, they didn't know about the foolproof suffocation thing, right? Isn't, isn't that what you said? That's that. That's right. Um, well, I mentioned that to you. I haven't mentioned that in this yet, but they did not. That's actually something that the prosecution did not know, but they still assumed it was suffocation because of the duct tape. Okay. Now, it's time for Jose Baez to do his opening statement. And everyone's wondering, how is he going to explain Casey Anthony's behavior and all these lies? And he just turns the entire case on its head. He comes out and says that Kaylee was never actually missing. He claims that Kaylee drowned in the family pool on June 16th and that George Anthony scared casey and told her she'd probably go to jail for a very long time uh because of child neglect and he said you know we have to dispose of this body and that george actually disposed of the body on his way to work in case he didn't even know where it was
1: so she threw her own father under the bus
0: well that that's not the full extent of how she threw him under the bus honestly there's a lot more to this
1: I vaguely they, remember some accusations of sexual assault or something like that. Yeah, I don't know, that, I don't know how far it went, but.
0: Well, that, that's also, that's where he goes with his opening statement, is he explains that the reason that George has this so much sway over her is that from the time that Casey was eight until she was 12 years old, that George was sexually abusing her. Was there any evidence for this at all? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Jose Baez never even tried to prove it in the trial. It's just something he put in his opening statement. Just get it in the jury's heads and then forget yep. about it. Yep. And, and he was arguing that this is also why Casey is such a liar, that she's had to cover this up her entire life and lie about it and sort of you know become a different person to hide what she was going through. He would also say that once Casey was a bit older, about 15 years old, Her older brother Lee started to sexually abuse her. And this has just caused a a great deal of trauma through Casey's whole life.
1: I'm guessing, again, not a lot of evidence to support that.
0: None whatsoever.
1: So she had no problem just throwing her entire family under the bus.
0: She did not, sir. Anything to get her off, it seems like. Right. And what's even stranger about that is Casey had denied to her family and to law enforcement that Kaylee could have drowned in that pool. Really? Yeah, she was asked multiple times, are you sure she didn't drown in the pool that's out here? And she's like, no, no, no. Zanny the nanny has her. So she was even given an opportunity to change to this story,
1: refused, and then suddenly at court, that was her excuse.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess Jose Baez talked her into it because obviously the Zanny the, nanny, the Zanny the nanny excuse was not going to work after they found the body yeah, that close not, to the Anthony house, right? Yeah. Well, moving along in the trial, uh, George actually testifies, and he testifies that he never, ever sexually abused Casey. And he also testified that he did not know anything about Kaylee drowning or anything about the disposal of her body. Now, another interesting fact about George is that in January of 2009, he attempted suicide. He went to a hotel room and he took a lot of pills and drank quite a bit of alcohol. And while he was there, he wrote a suicide note and he was actually texting some family members. And because he was texting family members, they reported this to police and the police were able to track his cell phone and they were able to to save him and keep him from dying. Now, this was brought up in the trial and the defense wanted to use the suicide attempt to say that George was more involved in Kaylee's death. Maybe he knew something was happening and he he had some guilt over it. And that's how they tried to, to spin this suicide attempt. Well, I guess the
1: obvious question, you said there was a note, right?
0: Yes. And what was in it? Well, that note is really what the prosecution uh, clung to here because it's a five-page suicide note. And in it, he goes into detail about how he feels so guilty uh, about letting his family down so much. He 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 says he was never, you know, the person they deserved, and especially Kaylee. And he even goes far to say in the suicide note that he went and bought a gun. And the whole reason he got that gun is that he wanted to go to Casey's friends and threaten them to find out what had really happened to Kaylee. Because he thought these people knew what had happened to Kaylee, or someone right. knew what had happened to Kaylee.
1: I'll be honest; like that seems to track at least with what we what we know about George. I mean, with his debt and the way, uh, because he was responsible for the financial difficulties that his family was having. Right? He so was. I can see where he would blame himself, where he'd mm-hmm. have a lot of guilt over that.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure he did have a lot of guilt over it. And I feel like this is a genuine suicide attempt. I don't think this is one of those, you know, fake, I need attention suicide attempts. He took around 70 pills. Do we know what it was he took? I do not know what it was he took. Uh, I could not find that information. But that, in combination with the alcohol, I I think he was really trying to kill himself. And as I said, you know, we have the prosecution and defense disagreeing over what's going on with this. But they both make points, and I think the jury is sort of seeing both sides of it. Another thing I would like to mention about George and his son Lee, because of those sexual abuse allegations, both of them were actually tested for paternity of Kaylee.
1: Oh, that's disgusting.
0: Yeah, well, neither, they they were both ruled out completely, but it was, you know, it was necessary because of these allegations, right?
1: Can you imagine being the brother or the father in that situation, having to take that paternity test?
0: Absolutely not. I can't imagine sitting in that courtroom and hearing Jose Baez say that. George and Cindy, they took it pretty stoically. I, I think they may have actually known that he was going to do that, so they were prepared, but I can't imagine not punching the guy when he said it, you know? Yeah. Now... As, as I was mentioning, um, the prosecution said that Casey had very likely used chloroform to sedate Kaylee. Uh, now, the reasoning for this is that, one, there were searches on the home computer for chloroform and how to make chloroform. And there was also an elevated level of chloroform found in the trunk of Kaylee's car. Now, we should deal with the searches for chloroform first, here, because there was actually quite a bit about these searches in the trial. I mean, it sounds pretty damning on its face. It does. And um, initially, an expert for the prosecution had determined that chloroform had been searched over 80 times back in March. Now, he later uh, changed his mind and decided that that may have been those elevated numbers may have been due to the fact that the pages automatically would reload. so it makes sense. It's possible that there weren't that many, but there were definitely searches for chloroform and how to make chloroform. Now, Cindy would testify and just sort of come to Kaylee's rescue on this. Cindy said that she made those searches herself. Um, She testified that she was trying to search for chlorophyll,
1: Right, but she, and
0: she said to get an interest in plants or something, and it auto-populated chloroform. Well, uh-huh. a- apparently so, uh, somewhat. She said that they had some bamboo growing in the backyard, and some dogs were eating it, and she was concerned about that bamboo being toxic to the dogs. So she was researching that, and uh,
1: who taught this family how to lie? Because they are shit at it.
0: I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Um, and as a matter of fact, the experts did not find any, any, um, any evidence of searches for chlorophyll, just for chloroform. But that's what Cindy testified to that. And as a matter of fact, Cindy's work records actually showed that she was at work when those searches were made.
1: So when you say records, what, do they have like a timesheet or something?
0: I'm not sure if it's actually a timesheet or if maybe, uh, you know, she has a computer at work that tracks when she's logged on to it working. I just know that there are records at work that show she was there working. And there are people that reported seeing her at work that day. But Cindy said, you know, I know I made those searches, so the work records must be wrong. Maybe I left early that day and I got home and I was searching for the other computer.
1: Yeah, I'm calling BS on that.
0: Yeah, I, I want to go ahead and, t- and touch on that uh, other search for foolproof strangulation we mentioned. Um, you would think that the prosecution wanted to go after that, but they didn't even know that that had been searched. Uh, as a matter of fact, that was found by a defense uh, computer expert. The prosecution computer person didn't actually look at the browser history for Firefox, he only checked Internet Explorer.
1: So the expert, Didn't consider the possibility that a second search engine might have been used?
0: No. And, I, you know, I would say this would probably uh, call into question his status as an expert, right? Not exactly expertly done. Right. So the defense knew about this, but the prosecution had no idea. And this is something that Baez put in his book later on. But Baez claimed that this search was actually made by George because George was considering suicide
1: bullshit he was rubbing it in
0: oh I, i'd say so i think he really just wanted to say that's how good i am i got, I got her off obviously
1: and, guilty personal
0: yeah yeah that's that's what i take from it because bias seems to be a very arrogant person everybody knows that though that, I mean, seemed, that, that
1: seemed apparent from the trial
0: now cindy would also testify to a couple other things um if you remember in that uh the 911 call, she said that the, the car smelled like someone had died in it, right? Yeah. Well, she would say that the reason it smelled that way is they found uh, a bag of trash in there, and there was some rotting pizza inside that bag.
1: Right, except that is completely inconsistent with the context in which she brought that up on the 911 call. I would agree I mean, with she, that. She mentioned that. it was cl- The The clear implication was that I can't find my granddaughter and the car smells like there was a dead body. in it. It's obvious that she was not talking about some damn trash.
0: I would agree that it seems that she was implying that Kaylee's body had been in the car, though I guess it's possible that she wasn't implying that.
1: I don't know. Given the context of the call, I just don't know what else she could have meant.
0: No, and she was very obviously panicked at the time. And probably just said the first thing that came to her mind. So I would think that was an honest reaction. I mean, you could tell she was very panicked at that call. Yeah, I mean, I think it was an honest reaction. I think mm-hmm. it's her bullshit on the stand that's not honest. Right. And, you know, I just do not feel like a rotting piece of food smells the same way as a decomposing body. Right? No. I, I mean, maybe a little similar, but I don't think you would probably wouldn't mistake that. Right. Um, Now, Cindy would also testify that when she got home on the evening of the 16th, she noticed that the ladder was in the pool uh, out back. Now, normally they would take that ladder out of the pool when it wasn't in use because it's actually um, more common than you would think for young children to uh, wander off into a pool on their own and drown. And they were very careful about keeping that ladder out. And she noticed on the 16th that the ladder was in. And that's her. That's her trying to back up the fact that Kaylee could have drowned. You know, just she was laid the groundwork that. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, it seems to me she's obviously up there just lying for Casey at this point. So.
1: I mean, part of that is because they pursued the death penalty. I'm sure it gave the parents an incentive to save their daughter.
0: Oh, no. I completely agree. I completely agree that. I mean, as a parent myself, regardless of what, you know, a child has done. I don't think I could testify against them if I thought that would lead to their death. Yeah, yeah, I mean, perfectly
1: understandable. Right, and this and you would family, think that would be—it's so understandable. You'd think that would be something that, given the lack of evidence, the prosecution would have taken into consideration.
0: But the prosecution—they were just dead set on that death penalty, you know, because everyone in Florida wanted that. Well, it was all about public perception, right? It's it—it it always is. But we should, all too uh, frequently. Yeah, we should move on to some other testimony, though. Um, now, the Anthony's neighbor, Brian Burner would claim that on the 18th or excuse me, on the 16th of June, he saw Casey's car backed into the garage. And it, it wasn't normally uh, backed into the garage that way. It wasn't normally in the garage. What's
1: the implication of that? Though?
0: Well, the implication of that was that Casey could have been loading a body into the trunk without being seen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I follow up. Right. Also, he testified that on the 18th of June, Casey had come over and asked him to borrow a shovel. Um, Oh. She she told him that she wanted to dig up a bamboo root in their yard. They must have a real bamboo problem there. It really does seem that way, doesn't it? Like, (laughs) I guess maybe Florida's just infested with bamboo. I mean, why didn't she just wait for the dogs to eat it? I don't know. It seems like they were really into that bamboo. I'm sure they would have taken out the root Maybe. too, right? I don't know. If her mother was to be believed, that was a pretty big problem at the time. So, yeah, they they must have gotten together and said, "Let's just blame the bamboo for everything." Right. Um. But at any rate, she actually returned the shovel about an hour later. It does turn out, though, that on that day her boyfriend was with her, and he he testified to that. Um, he actually explained that they actually used that shovel to break into George Anthony's tool shed and take some gas cans. I mean, that does seem consistent with Casey's character. Right. And what's weird to me about that is I guess it makes sense. She didn't want to see her parents because Kaylee had just died and she didn't want to explain that to them. So instead of asking to borrow the gas cans, they just break the lock off of the shed and take them. right. So let's get back to talking about the trunk of that car. Uh, this is another really big part of the trial. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, the smell of the car, uh, traces of chloroform in the trunk, stuff like that. Right. Well, um, Deputy Jason, I believe it's pronounced 4G I guess it could be Forgy. Uh, but he's, he's a deputy with the Orange County Sheriff's Department, was called to testify. He was actually the handler of the cadaver dog. And he testified that uh, his dog gave a positive signal to a spot on the ground near Kaylee's playhouse. However, the next day he did another sweep and the dog didn't hit on that spot again. Uh, and he said that that was probably because there was some residue on the ground there that may have sort of been scraped off or rubbed off while investigators were Out checking out everything in the yard Um, but he also testified that his dog gave a positive signal to the trunk of Casey's car
1: Uh, do do they often hit on pizza like that
0: no they do not often hit on pizza Um, the dog did give a positive signal and he said that he himself was overwhelmed by the scent of decomposition in the car And, you know, obviously this seems to be a big win for the prosecution here. Now, Baez would attempt to poke holes in this as well, though. He actually argued that it was mere speculation that the dog was giving a positive signal about the sin of human decay. He said that the dog could have been reacting to something else entirely. Like what?
1: Does he give a plausible alternative?
0: Not really. He He just was arguing that you know, the handler could have mis, uh, misunderstood what the dog was signaling. Uh, and he also said that it was speculation because there was no way to know that the dog was actually uh, detecting decay of the body of Kaylee Anthony or of maybe just the decay of something or someone else. Uh, just a random
1: other dead person that might have been in the trunk of that car?
0: Maybe. You, you never know what other dead person may have been in the trunk of the car, right? And you know it's it's absurd. This was honestly absurd to me, but this just shows, like I guess, the gall you could say that Bias had that he would even you know argue the results of uh, of a cadaver dog. These are very well proven, you know.
1: Uh, I'm not really familiar with the research. Uh, some of some of it that I've looked at seems to suggest that they're extremely accurate, but there, there can be issues with you know uh, handlers misunderstanding the tails or occasionally. Uh, accidentally leading the dogs to um, alert at a particular area. Though, from my understanding, most handlers are well aware of these issues and do everything in their power to avoid them.
0: Right, and and Baez did even argue that the dog could have been motivated just to please his handler, so he gave a positive signal. But really, the testimony of Deputy Forgey was... Just to really set up the testimony of Dr. Arpad Voss, though.
1: I remember that name vaguely from the trial, just because it was strange.
0: Right. Uh, Dr. Voss uh, was brought in to testify about some testing he did on the trunk of the car. He had actually developed a new technology, a new method of testing air samples. And from the air samples in the trunk he was able to determine that there were definite signs of a decomposing human body. And there was a large amount of chloroform uh, found in those air samples. Now, chloroform is a byproduct of human decomposition. So if there was a decomposing body, there would be chloroform present. I remember that
1: being a, a big point of contention at the trial.
0: Yes, but but Dr. Voss said that he was able to determine there was much more chloroform there than would normally be present uh, just from a decomposing body. Right. So it, it couldn't have been naturally occurring in that case. Right. It, it, this definitely the prosecution used this to point toward the fact that that Casey had definitely used chloroform on Kaylee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh Baez was was able to discredit this actually pretty easily though. Because this was, as I mentioned, a new method of testing, and it had never been used in a trial before. Do we know if it's accurate? I mean, over time, has it
1: proven to be an accurate method? It,
0: it has. It's been proven to be very accurate over time, and it's been used in a lot of trials. A lot of police departments use this now, but uh, you know, at the time, it was it was it was unproven, right? And yeah. uh, and Baez was able to discredit this pretty well, actually. So that one turned out to be a big loss for the prosecution. Now, there was also a hair found in the trunk of the car. Now, this hair was consistent with hair from Kaylee's hairbrush. And it was able to be ruled out that it definitely was not Casey's hair. Now, this hair had something called root banding. And an expert testified for the prosecution that this is normally present on hair that was attached to a dead body. And the body started to decompose. However, the defense brought their own expert that claimed that this same root banding could have occurred simply because that hair was in the trunk for an extended period of time.
1: Right. I mean, like at least intuitively, that seems to make sense. And to be fair, there are quite a few issues with hair analysis in general. I remember the FBI got in some trouble a few years back because of the accuracy of their hair tests.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, it was pointed out here that it would make sense for for Kaylee's hair to be all over Casey's car anyway, right? Right. I mean, not necessarily in the trunk, but well, you know, you say not necessarily in the trunk, but I mean You know, if you throw her backpack in the trunk or something like that, or, you know, maybe her jacket or something like that, her hair would be on that, you know?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I guess that makes sense.
0: Now, we should also talk about this laundry bag. Um, If you'll remember, uh, Kaylee's remains were found uh, partially in a laundry bag. It seems like the body was put into a trash bag, and then that was put into a laundry bag, maybe to cover everything up so it looked like a, a bundle of laundry, right? Right. Now, the laundry bag that was found uh, with the body was actually a laundry bag that was commonly sold in a set of two. Like you know, Two were in the package, mm-hmm. and a laundry bag just like that was found at the Anthony home.
1: Ah, oh. So, curiosity, uh, had the bag been ripped open
0: while it was out in the woods? You know, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what the state of that bag was. It would make sense if it had been. Because those remains were scattered all over the place, right? Yeah. Um. Now, the, the problem with this, though, and something that Baez was able to point out was that, you know, with his theory, George actually disposed of the body, right? Right. So it would have been there either way. It would have been there either way. You know, the the prosecution was setting up just to prove that this body came from the Anthony home and was disposed, you know, by someone from the Anthony home. They were the arguing that the story Casey. didn't.
1: Right. But the dementia story didn't really contradict that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, And it's sort of the same thing with the duct tape. Um, Now, As I said about that duct tape earlier, there was no DNA on it. Right. But um, the duct tape did match uh, a piece of duct tape that was on one of those gas cans that belonged to George. It was the same brand of duct tape. So it would make sense that, you know, that same type of duct tape came came from the Anthony Holmes. Now, again, a big hole in this is the fact that Baez is arguing that George is the one that disposed of the body. So again, same thing. He would have used that tape if, you know, if he used tape on the body to dispose of it. What didn't make sense, though, was the fact that the tape was over the mouth of the skull.
1: Right. Because why would you need to do that if she'd already drowned?
0: Right. Now, we do have some testimony about that as well. An investigator testified that it was possible, and you this is, you know, Baez pressing him on cross-examination. It's possible that the position of that duct tape may have moved while he was collecting the remains. So we've got another hole there, right? Did he say how likely that was, though? He just said it was possible. Not necessarily likely, but it was possible that it happened. Right. And that's most of the testimony about the big physical evidence things, you have a lot of other, you know, sort of uh just character witnesses called. Um, the prosecution called a lot of Casey's friends and they would talk about how Casey had lied to them uh about, you know, a lot of different things, about having a job, about where Kaylee was, about the fake nanny, things like that, right? Yeah, of course. But, you know, Baez was arguing that, you know. She was lying because she was in denial about everything. She felt like she had to hide everything. You know, her dad told her to cover all this up. Stuff like that, right? Um, And these, you know, a lot of these same witnesses are testifying, though, that, you know, Casey didn't seem to be a bad mom. Kaylee never needed anything. She she always had food. She always had clothes. You know, she was a happy
1: kid. Yeah, but didn't the... Didn't the parents provide all of that?
0: Yeah, well, well Katie's grandparents. Casey's parents, yeah, George yeah. and Cindy. They seem to provide everything, though, so I feel like that's a really weak argument. Yeah. But again, you know, you have that testimony, and you need something that will create doubt with the jurors. Um, and one other thing um, is Casey's brother Lee was called to testify, and he testified that George and Cindy really did try to hide uh, Casey's pregnancy until you know up until almost the time that she had Kaylee and Baez uh, was using this to argue that you know if they would cover up the fact that Casey was pregnant then you know George would would also possibly try to cover up the fact that Kaylee died
1: That, that doesn't fly with me I mean it's pretty common for families to try to hide you know premature pregnancies like that
0: No, I I agree, yeah. and That doesn't
1: mean that they would necessarily cover up the death of their grandchild.
0: No, I I completely agree with you there, but again, this is just, these are the points that are being argued, right? And, And you have a lot, there's a lot more testimony that we can't get into it. We could do five episodes just on this trial if we got into everything, right? Right. But I don't want to get into that, but what I do want to talk about here is the fact that you know, the prosecution, they were not Able to prove what happened to Kaylee necessarily, you know, and and that was the big problem. If you can't prove that, it's it's I would say it's impossible to get first degree murder. Well, of course, and it's unlikely to get manslaughter. You know, and I mean, you have to be able to prove that someone
1: was murdered before you can be trying to draw any sort of causal connections between people.
0: Yeah, and. you know i i think i mean as best i understand with a manslaughter charge you can get that um i mean that will fly if if someone's actions led to another person's death but you're not going to get that on on just an accident of a child drowning you know yeah and 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 this is what bias is arguing uh even with the the uh aggravated child abuse charge i mean how are you going to get that right I mean, just because someone smelled what they think was decomposition in the trunk, it, it doesn't doesn't necessarily prove anything. And because that test of Dr. Voss was discredited, you've got a big hole right there, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I remember in real time not being particularly impressed with the prosecution's case. It's why I wasn't shocked when the verdict came back the way that it did, no. like a lot of the country
0: was. No, and and, and we should talk about that. The the jury they actually only deliberated for about 10 hours. And uh, now this is July 5th, 2011. And they found her not guilty. They found her not guilty on on the big charges. They found her not guilty on first degree murder, not guilty for manslaughter, and not guilty on the count of child abuse. Now, she was found guilty of providing false information to law enforcement. um, But for that, she was just given fines and sentenced to one year. And, and she was released on time served. You right, know. yeah. So, you know, basically, I mean, she's just getting away almost scot-free here, right? Mhm. I mean, she she has some fines, that's not a big deal. Um, I don't
1: think you can blame the jury though. I mean, I think they they did the best job they could given the e- evidence they had.
0: No, and you know, I actually I, mean, I um, wouldn't
1: want a jury given the evidence they did uh, th- th- that they got to convict.
0: No, you know, as much I,
1: as I hate to say that because I genuinely believe that she murdered her kid
0: i I agree with you, I mean you know i I mean I wouldn't want to be convicted of something on that little bit of evidence,
1: right? no, of course not and and I want a fair justice system far more than I want any one criminal to be punished.
0: oh, I completely agree now, the jury you know you know several of the jurors they even came out and said, you know, we just didn't have enough evidence to convict her.
1: Yeah, I know that they also said that they were sick to let her go. But when they looked over the charges, exactly what what it said, and looked at the evidence, they just they said they didn't have enough evidence to convict.
0: Mm-hmm. One particular, I know several juror, of them
1: cried when they uh, when they realized that she was basically getting away Scott scot free. Yeah,
0: one particular juror actually said that they were all sick to their stomachs over the verdict. Yeah, and um, and and this particular juror, I've, I've got a quote here. Uh, I don't want to name the juror, but she said. I did not say she was innocent. I just said there was not enough evidence. If you cannot prove the crime, excuse me, if you cannot prove what the crime was, you cannot determine what the punishment should be.
1: Yeah, it's and I wish more jurors thought like that to be perfectly honest with you.
0: No, you know, I know this is terrible because this was a, a huge failure with our justice system, but it gives me hope that some jurors actually feel that way and they realize you have to have this proper evidence to convict people. Right? Well,
1: I would say it was a failure you know, with aspects of our justice system, particularly the politicization of the job of the prosecutor, allowing public perception to guide charges more than the evidence. But I think uh, the way the jury found in this case is actually a pretty good mark on our justice system. As much as they believed that she was, uh, that she was guilty, they looked at the law, looked at the evidence, and decided they couldn't convict. A a lot of jurors just aren't capable of that. If they believe you did it, they will find a way to convict you. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm, That's very true.
1: I mean, I'm routinely shocked at the amount of evidence that jurors convict on.
0: Yeah, I've got to say though even though the case presented didn't seem to be enough to warrant a manslaughter guilty verdict, I feel like if the prosecution had not put on that first degree murder charge, or maybe even if they had, and they weren't pursuing the death penalty, mm-hmm. I don't feel like her family would have you know, rallied to her aid so much.
1: They definitely would have taken the incentivization. They <clears throat> definitely would have taken away the incentives to lie the way they did.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, if you believe like we do that that Cindy was lying, I mean, on a manslaughter charge, I don't think she would have lied for her. You know, Casey's not going to go away forever on a manslaughter charge. She'll be punished. Right. And I would say that George and Cindy would agree she needed to be punished. You could tell from that nine one one call that Cindy made, she wanted her to be punished for some of the things she'd done anyway. Yeah, I mean,
1: and particularly I mean, even if they didn't then when when her attorney came out and accused George and her brother of sexual assault, I mean at that point, oh,
0: I still can't believe Bias did that. I, I mean,
1: well, I see. I don't think he would have if he wasn't already convinced when he did it that they were going to lie for her either way. That's a very good point, and you like, know, I don't think he would have. He would have risked alienating uh, an important. Uh, testimony that way.
0: The, this, I would say, strange thing about this, but maybe you, maybe just a stroke of brilliance on Bias's part, is that he never even tried to prove that that abuse took place. He knew he couldn't prove it, but he never even tried. He just said that in his opening statement, just to get it in the jury's minds. You know? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm very pro-defendant. I'm gonna be very clear. I think that our justice system often makes it much too difficult for defense attorneys to properly defend their clients. The prosecutor just has so much power. But that doesn't mean that I, that, that, that I can't criticize a defense attorney either. And that was just a
0: scumbag move. It, it really was. And I've got to say, like, just, just while we're on the subject of Jose Baez being a scumbag, later on, uh, Dominic Casey, He was a private investigator that worked on the case. Mm -hmm. He would claim that Casey Anthony was having sex with Jose Baez as a form of payment.
1: Well, I remember that the media had been speculating about that for weeks during the trial just because of the way they acted with each other.
0: Right. And uh, uh, Dominic Casey said that he'd actually heard Baez on the phone with Casey Anthony telling her that she owed him three blowjobs. And at another point, uh, he saw Casey Anthony, uh, you know, walking out of Baez's office naked. I mean, not, not on the outside, but you know, out of his office inside the building naked. Right. Right. And, you know, if you believe this, then it seems that, you know, bias is taking advantage of this young woman in a bad situation. Now I'm not saying, you know, she was in a bad situation of her own doing. Right. But he's taking advantage of this young woman in a bad situation.
1: I mean, it's obviously unethical, though I think anybody who's ever seen an attorney's uh, the way attorneys bill might consider three blowjobs to be a decent deal.
0: Oh, that that's wrong, sir. That is wrong. Well, but beyond just that though, like he did that and then, you know, he had the nerve to go up there and accuse her innocent father. Right of sexually abusing her. When, you know, in a very real sense, I believe Jose Baez was sexually abusing Casey Anthony. Yeah. So, yeah, real, real scumbag that Jose Baez. <laughs> but we should we should talk about, you know, a few other things that happened after the trial. Um, now, Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez, Zanny the Nanny, right? Right. It turns out Zanita Fernandez Gonzalez is a real person. Yeah, now, you she,
1: mentioned that in the, in the first episode. Yeah,
0: she had never met Casey Anthony, never babysat for her at all. But her name is thrown around in the news everywhere for so long, you know, until until the trial starts when when Jose Baez says, "Oh, there was no Zanny the nanny." Right. right. Um, her name is thrown on everywhere, and she gets a lot of negative attention. You know, people saying, did you kidnap that kid? Stuff like that. So she sued Casey Anthony for defamation. Uh, she lost the case, though, in which I feel like maybe she should have won that case, honestly.
1: I don't know the particular defamation law where they were. So I, it's hard for me to to make a, an informed opinion on it. It's but, hard. To, I, mean, I can definitely understand why she would feel that she'd been defamed.
0: Right. But I I think the defense there was that Casey had just, according to her, made up the name. Zenata Fernandez-Gonzalez, she wasn't targeting a specific person.
1: Yeah, because my understanding is it can't be defamation if it's generalized.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. Though this woman, I'm sure she did go through some pretty rough things because of that. Yeah. Now, Casey was also sued by Texas EquiSearch for the time and money that they spent searching for Kaylee. When, you know, obviously Casey now claims that she was never missing. But yeah,
1: even by her own... Uh, defense's case she mm. knew at the time that the kid wasn't missing
0: right um that case was actually settled out of court uh so we don't know the exact amount uh and you also have uh, the judge of her case ruled that casey owed the sheriff's department the orange county sheriff's department two hundred thousand dollars for their search for kaylee which I mean, I yeah. think is fair as well, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, you're going to waste public
1: resources like that, you should have to pay it back.
0: And Casey was forced to file bankruptcy for this and, you know, probably didn't end up paying anything. I don't know if they see some assets or anything, but I don't think she had anything. What there. assets did she have? Yeah, she didn't even own her own car. So now, more recently, though, we've heard from Casey's parents, right? And nowadays, Cindy uh, says that she does believe that Kaylee drowned in that pool. She doesn't think that George disposed of the body, but she does believe that Kaylee accidentally drowned in the pool. George Anthony, however, says he thinks that Casey was probably drugging Kaylee to sedate her so she could go do what she wanted to do, and that perhaps she gave her too much of a dose at one point and accidentally killed her that way.
1: It definitely seems more reasonable to me than the alternative. I just, I have a really difficult time reconciling Casey Anthony's behavior after the fact with an accidental death.
0: I have trouble reconciling her behavior no matter what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's true.
0: But um, I can't fully comprehend her motives either. I mean, obviously she seems like she didn't want, you know, the responsibility. You know, she didn't, she didn't want to be tied down, right? She wanted to go live her life that makes yeah. sense when um she
1: pawned the kid off on other people every opportunity she could so oh
0: just just constantly right and you know I, I've, I've even heard it said in interviews that her new boyfriend tony uh that he had told her he didn't want children and really i don't know if if that if, if he was that important to her or maybe hearing that just made her realize you know probably a lot of guys out there don't want children right
1: yeah especially at her age at the time
0: mm-hmm I'm sure that may have been part of it. You also have Casey's parents. Uh, She seemed to have been fighting with them at the time. I know they'd had that, that big fight the night before uh, about the money and everything. And, you know, maybe she didn't want to be tied to her parents anymore. And maybe she felt like Kaylee was something that was always going to give, give her connection to her parents that, that she would always be with them. She'd have to stay with her parents because of Kaylee, right?
1: I don't know what I think about that. Just because it, it seems like she was already like still dependent on her parents, right, financially.
0: Yeah, I, so I, I don't know
1: that getting rid of Kay, uh, Kaylee would have done much for that.
0: I, I would completely agree with you on that matter. And especially if she wasn't going to go get a job. Maybe she would have kept working that Universal Studio job if nobody figured it out. But Right. But yeah, she she was... I don't know how she was planning on that, and maybe that wasn't a factor. Maybe, maybe just hearing her mom say, "You know, we're going to take Kaylee away from you," I mean, that may have made Casey jealous, honestly. Because I mean, when she was younger, her mom really, you know, just doted on Casey, and she'd always just enabled her, right? Yeah. And you know, maybe she thought that was coming to a parent, and and she she may have blamed that on Kaylee. I, I don't know that, but I'm just looking for. You know, any reason, like, why would anyone do this? I can't. I mean, I think it's possible,
1: given the the proximity and time to when she was confronted by her parents, or at least by her mother, that it might have had something to do with punishing her.
0: You know, you may be right, but that's, that's just I a mean, terrible I think problem. the
1: parents probably cared more about the kid than she did.
0: No, I, I'm sure they did. And I think they cared more about Kaylee than they did about Casey as well, at least at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's
0: reasonable. So yeah. I mean but still in my mind, none of these are well, I mean, I guess nothing would be a legitimate motive for this, but I just if she loved her daughter at all, I don't see any of these any of these being enough. Right. I think that is also something the prosecution would have, you know, did have trouble proving, like any kind of motive, right?
1: Yeah. I'm sure the jury had difficulty buying that. She just wanted to go out and party, even though it might be true. I think it's difficult for well-adjusted human beings to wrap your mind around something that awful. Yeah. That someone could kill their kid just because they feel tied down.
0: I I think ultimately you just have to accept that she was just a terrible human being still is probably, I imagine, but you know,
1: but that's actually quite easy for me to
0: accept. Yeah. And you also, you know, they were never able to nail down exactly what happened, you know, an exact, you know, method of her murder. Right. And I and, don't, yeah, which is why I don't blame the jury for the, you know, for their verdict. So. And, and you know, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that it's like, it may have been a mistake? Like she may have accidentally killed her? Or do you think she intentionally. I mean, up?
1: of course I have to entertain that possibility. If I had to guess, I think it was. Either, I think it was deliberate, but I suppose it could have been an accident. Though I think the evidence and her behavior after the fact is just more consistent with an intentional killing. She just seemed so callous and unconcerned.
0: The thing I can't get over is, one, the the search about suffocation on the 16th, and then that, that duct tape, you know? Right, If. Yeah if a child accidentally dies why do you need duct tape it's a fine question and you know another thing that was never able to be be proved i mean why would she leave the body in the trunk long enough for it to you know permanently make this this car smell like that and leave so much decomposition in it why wouldn't she dispose of it more quickly does that make sense
1: Uh, I I mean, I understand what you're asking, but my my assumption is that she was, A, afraid that if she dropped it somewhere,
0: she'd get caught, and B, she was looking for the right place to dump it. I mean, she ultimately did it basically, you know, right in their yard. I mean, not in their yard, but a quarter mile away from the house, right?
1: Well, I mean, I didn't say she was particularly
0: bright. I think that's
1: pretty clear that she wasn't, so.
0: The murder of Kaylee Anthony was one of the most tragic the world has ever seen. The public had convicted Casey before the trial had even begun, and I believe that this was hasty, but not inaccurate. In the end, there was no justice. I would argue that a large part of this failure lies with the prosecution pursuing the death penalty without enough evidence. I can't say that I blame Casey's parents for lying to save their daughter. In their shoes, I do not believe that I could testify against my child if it might lead to her death. I often feel anger when researching murder cases, but this one leaves me especially raw. I have attempted to be unbiased, but that may be impossible in this case because I honestly feel hatred for Casey Anthony. And in that, I know that I'm not alone. Thank you for listening to Fact and Suspicion. We hope you've enjoyed this two-part episode. If you have any feedback for us, or if there's a case you'd like for us to cover, we'd love for you to reach out to us through email at factandsuspicion at gmail.com, or through Twitter at and.